Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, John Shookman, and I am so thankful to have you with me for today's episode. A huge thank you to Jennifer Harshman and Harshman Services for sponsoring today's podcast episode. Jennifer and the team at Harshman Services do an amazing job of helping businesses grow and become more successful and organized by using blog posts, search engine optimization, and email marketing to reach your clients. I'm so thankful for how Jennifer and her team have helped me become more successful in my business. And if you're a realtor out there, I know that you can often get stressed and want to work smarter, not harder. You need something that you can set and forget about. So check out what Jennifer has built at RealtorEmails.com. She has an amazing offer and affordable tools to help you become more successful in your business. I'm so thankful for the team at Harshman Services for being a part of helping my business and for sponsoring the podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. I'm so thankful to have you all with me for today's interview. Today, I am joined by my friend Jennifer Zahorik. Jennifer is a highly experienced pediatric and adult emergency and trauma registered nurse, and she is also the owner and founder of RecMed. So before she became a nurse, she had a crippling fear of blood, struggles with dyslexia, and was told by her nursing instructor that she would most likely never pass the neck flax. But she became a traveling nurse and went through many opportunities, 10 different emergency room departments across the country. She found her niche in level one trauma center, stroke and STEMI centers where she grew her experience in education. As a full-time ER nurse, Jennifer started working on a business to help her fellow nurse community learn to lessen the struggle that she had in school. So now she sits as the CEO of RecMed that has helped nursing students and medical professionals all over the world. And I would have never thought I would have had anyone in the nursing field on my podcast because I am also afraid of blood. But I saw her on my wonderful friend, John Stonge. She was on Platform Launchers, did an amazing call. And she has basically built an amazing, you know, seven figure business selling planners to nurses. She was in an amazing Business Insider article that I'll make sure I share in the show notes. But anyway, lots of cool stuff she's doing. And so I'm like, this would be so helpful to realtors. And we connected. Jennifer, thanks so much for what you're doing. And thanks for joining us here on the Real Estate Survival Guide. Oh, yay. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm super excited. It's so funny how like all business relates in some weird way. So even though I'm a nurse, it's fun because I can already think of a million ways this is going to be tying into the real estate land as well. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much. And I, oh, I should have shared as well. She's crushing it in the social media game. 38.6 thousand followers on Instagram, 72,000 on TikTok and growing every day. So yeah, amazing stuff. Like how the heck did you do this? Oh my goodness. Okay. So I initially was emergency department, um, ER trauma nurses, everyone knows, and, you know, had my learning disability. Um, but I didn't realize it till I hit college. And then in college, I really met with the teacher and figured out that I was dyslexic and had this ADHD, but everyone always said to me like, Oh, you're really smart. You're just a terrible test taker. And that was just how I was well known. And then when I finally, um, got into nursing school, it was the same thing happening all over again. And I magically passed my NCLEX so happy. And even though numerous people like did not think I was going to. So through my whole time, and I think this relates also, and I can think of it as like real estate land is 
every day at work, I was describing like, if somebody has a heart condition, I was describing to a patient like, Hey, you have this heart problem. And so I would have to teach them basically what's going on with their heart when they've never taken mm-hmm. like a single day in their life, any kind of like medical class um, in real estate. You know, you are working with people that have never bought a home before or yes. have yeah. no idea what the heck they're doing when it comes to like talking just about all this lingo and jargon. And so for me, after doing it for so long, I started noticing that I got really good at just putting things in like layman's terms. And mm-hmm. when I had a student nurse with me, I noticed that I was kind of like really doing a good job of like, I'm such a hand talker and like I'll draw on napkins and I draw my gloves and um, just to teach people in a really weird way how to break things down. So I ended up taking uh, graphic design classes at home while I was working full time. I would put my iPad next to me and I would play the class and I'd draw on the other computer and I just like pause and just start literally from not even knowing how to put a line on a screen um, up. The reason and intention for that was by using graphic design, I was able to put on paper the things that I wanted to teach people. Um, I didn't have to buy my graphics. I didn't have to like wait on someone else. And all that adds up. It's copyright issues. It's super expensive. So I took the risk and I, I spent two and a half years creating the first book. And I saved up about $15,000 of my own money. And then I decided to make my first book and it was crazy because when I went to the factory, they were like, what packaging do you want it to be in? What boxing do you want it to be mm-hmm. in? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so then I had to figure out all that stuff. So um, eventually I thought, you know, we'd start with 500 books. And I remember they were days away from coming in. I said to my husband, I was like, what if nobody buys them? Like, am I just going to have a really good bonfire? Like, what are we going to do with these <laughs> right. things in my garage? And he was like, no, no, don't even worry. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And I remember wanting to throw up at the idea of these things coming in. And two and a half years later, we are over 60,000 books, which is really great. Um, We hit seven figures straight out the gate from year one. We um, just continued to increase supply chain. It was crazy. And it made me learn so much about pivoting in business. But social media was the biggest asset to all this growth. So with that said, when I had first created the product, one of the things that was so important to me was creating something that people wanted to run to Instagram and show people what they got in the mail. So my boxing that I had no idea, I researched everything. Mm -hmm. So for boxing, I reached out like, how can I make this the most colorful package when it hits their inbox? And then whenever they get that, how can I also make it that they can't wait to show it off? And they would like show on Instagram and have this whole experience they got whenever they got their mail. And so with that, that worked well. And so people were posting all the time, basically, you know, these packages that came in and it just kind of flourished from there. But the other biggest asset we had to our social media was we did tons of giveaways and tons and tons of that, just giving away products. So for me, you know, when people are tagging stuff on Instagram, you know, you're like, uh, you know, we're doing this giveaway, tag your friend, you now not only have their exposure, but then now you're getting their friend's exposure and it just grows from there. So for me giving away, you know, one of our planner books typically costs around 52, 54, $56, that 52, $56 was essentially costing me $54 to have all this attention by giving it away. Yeah. So I actually learned that from working from like Kawasaki and Monster. I worked for them when I was younger and they used to show up with Monster and they would give away 
thousands of cases of monster. And to them, it was like so much cheaper to give away this product and have everyone at these huge events walking around with monsters than it was for them to like buy some huge billboard ad or something in like the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And so that was a lesson I valuably learned. So that's kind of a big thing too, as far as giveaway goes. And then I would say the other biggest asset to this growth was education. So we not only are an educational company, but since my whole ordeal was, you know, learning how to break things down to people that don't understand medicine. So if they're in nursing school, starting nursing school, or never have been in nursing school, I wanted to be able to teach people without them having to worry about it. So my big thing was getting on there and being like, all right, here's 30 seconds about the heart and just teaching them or like, Mm -hmm. here's all about heart failure. Here's all about X, Y, Z. And some of those videos are what, you know, on TikTok really blew up. The other thing is talking about your journey and your struggle Um, because holy crap, if anyone ever starts a business or thinking about starting a business, it is no walk on sunshine. Like that's where walking on a rainbow, like it's Mm -hmm. just not, it's so hard. And every single person struggles that's ever started a business or has a business. And to think you're not going to struggle is just a crazy thought because you will. (laughs) So um, people love that. They want to see it and they want to hear about it because it's risky. It's scary. And the only way that you're ever going to know if it's ever going to work is by doing it. So that's kind of what got me to our big growth from there. and where we're sitting today that well first of all congratulations because that's amazing (laughs) and it's it's so impressive to watch what you've done and what i think is huge here and i don't want to like miss and i and your business insider article said this was like all the research you did right Mm -hmm, now you have a successful company and it says in here if you're breaking into entrepreneurship like my advice is to get yourself some solid mentors and do the research to set yourself up for success. Mm-hmm. It's easy to like hear you say that or like read that sentence and be like, okay, next. But no, like that yeah. was huge, right? Okay, yes. what's gonna yeah. sell? What are people yeah. gonna want to post on Instagram? Like your your planners and like people will check them out and we'll share the links at the end and every like they're colorful, they're amazing. But just because it's Mm -hmm. colorful and amazing, some people could have been like, oh, that's ugly. No, but you Mm -hmm. researched what people liked, what people wanted to see, what nurses Mm -hmm. wanted to carry around. I think there Mm -hmm. are so many lessons there for realtors. And I mean, I think every business at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. share your story. Like I I often say to people that listen to the show, you don't sell houses. You're a storyteller. Like you are Mm -hmm. helping people buy and sell homes, but you are there to create stories. So I don't sit on social media and say, please buy a house for me so we can pay our bill. I I don't. I like I shared, you know, in June, we actually paid off our house. So we shared our entire debt free. Oh, thank you. And so we we shared that whole journey. We also shared the journey of like, hey, my first nine months as a realtor, I made $2,000, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think the success Mm -hmm. without the behind the scenes, right? Like it was hard, right? But yes. I love that you're sharing stories and yeah, that, you know, it, yeah. it just made me think about like, so a big thing that you said is one about the mentors and finding people. It is easy to just say that be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Find people move on. No, yeah. that was actually tremendous because yeah. all I wanted to do was eat, breathe, sleep, talk about business and starting it. Cause I was so obsessed, but you know, I even researched, and this is where I know it can tie into even real estate is. 
I'm actually in the process. We were selling our house. And then when the market crashed, yep. <laughs> we decided we'd become um, tenant or rental. What do you call them? Property managers. Yeah, property managers. <laughs> and then, yeah. yes. And then uh, now we're also, we're in the process of buying, rebuying a house and market went crazy. So we stopped that. But so that has me also, it's such good timing on this. So you know, when I was looking at the things like boxing and what's going to go on Instagram, I even researched like restaurants, like storefronts, like red, red is one of the biggest colors that people go to. So I walk into bookstores and I do this to this day. And even on this just recent trip we took before we did this podcast, everyone, when we were in the airport, I made everybody like walk in and I was like, okay, research time. And my whole thing is when you walk into this bookstore or something very similar to the things we sell, what do your eyes look at first? What is the first thing that you go to? And you'll see colors that you'll automatically and like book covers and things. And I'm like, mm, that really got me. Mm, that got me. And I would take these like mental notes of it. And so in another aspect, it's the same thing of when I'm looking for a house or if I would put something on social, like that research of like, what are those key aspects that people really want and look for? And I know that's like so important to all real estate agents, but it could be something like, have people ever beta tested or have people tried? Like if I put a home front that has a red door, is that more likely going to smack somebody's eyeballs than like a blue door? Like just things, I don't know that you can play off of, you know, of like even certain rooms of the house or what is it that's going to draw your attention? You know, it's funny because even though we were making essentially planner books and office supplies, my research didn't stop there. It wasn't about just the book. It was like, what is the psychology behind people? What do they actually want and look for? Like Apple, one of the coolest things is, and I think a lot of people know this, their boxing is so crazy because it's so hard to open their boxing and it's a very slow like opening, no matter what you have, a mouse or anything. And <laughs> that slow drag of the box is literally what makes chemicals in our brains go up and be like, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. You want to see it. And that anticipation is sending like a dopamine rush of like, what is it? What is it? What is it? And you would have no idea. You just think the box is really slow to like open up, but it's actually sending a surge and a rush. Like there's so many tactics out there and it's not get something that you made or you're doing or you're showing, but get it in front of the offer. So it, it is, that is so important, that aspect for sure. Yeah, that's so funny research, that, research and everything. <laughs> that's so funny that you talk about um, slowly opening a box. I bought the new uh, Mac Studio computer. Oh, geez. Uh, you know, yeah. a, a month, month or two ago. And I felt like after I took the stuff out of the box, I'm like, yeah, this box, it feels like it's like $300. I can't throw the box away, <laughs> even though it's trash. Exactly. But that's yes. what they do. And then, you know, in the box, they give you the stickers. They want you to put the Apple sticker everywhere. And those of us, yes. I mean, as I as I hold up my iPhone and the iPad over here, like yes. we are trained to mm -hmm. not only buy the stuff, but then walk around and right. show everybody the Apple logo on the back. And and the yeah. and it's, we're, we're walking billboards. And I mean, that's not criticism. It's actually good on them. Mm -hmm. It's a way to, they've right. created their business and created a brand. Yeah. And it's so funny. I talked about it, Apple on the podcast a few months ago. The products they also release are like mm -hmm. the best quality phones, everything, right? They don't necessarily yes. have to be the first. 
right? Yes. Samsung yeah. releases face ID and this and that first. Yeah. Then Apple's like, that's great. You work out the kinks and then we'll come along and perfect it. And they've built an entire brand that way. Yep. And that's uh, like another funny thing about this. It is so funny to talk about Apple so much in comparison to business. Like mm-hmm. I remember there was some interview that it was about Steve Jobs and someone like the only way he could talk to him was just by like being in his car on his way to something. And he had like you 10 minutes go. And he was like, Hey, uh, did you see, you know, Samsung's doing this and you know, so-and-so. And he's like, cool, maybe, no, I don't know. And he was like, what do you mean? You don't care about your competitor. And he was like, no. Because his whole thing was, it doesn't matter what the competitor is doing. We're focused on the future, but also we're focused on sheer quality of what we're doing. Yes. And that lesson alone is no matter what you're seeing on social and what you're seeing on business and how much we all compare ourselves to everyone else, there are new things that are popping up that are kind of competitors to us. But people will be like, oh my gosh, did you see someone's coming out with a nurse planner? Ah, and it and I remember sitting there and I was like, sure, sure, because it is a good idea and people are seeing it's working. But the difference is, is that we're going to always be a step ahead because we always have that advantage by thinking, how can we make this better for the customer? How do we provide the most value and how can we be? And now we have a whole new product that hasn't even existed yet in this whole little nurse educational world. We kind of pivoted and created a nurse workbook which uh, I'm very excited for. They're coming out in a couple of days. Well, more like 30 days from now. So it's exciting, but that's the thing is keeping that innovation and just giving you know our nurse community that value, which we're expanding into vet tech and dental and pediatrics and going to all these specialties. But that's it is you can create a planner, but we've already done it. We're ahead of it and we're making ours better and better and better. And so stop focusing on what the other people are doing, no matter what, because as long as you are truly there for the right reason of giving someone value, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your competition's doing. That's super important. I think we get tunnel vision when we see someone succeeding, we feel like we're not doing enough. And that is the opposite of what you need to think. You really got to focus on how you can do it and be better. <laughs> yeah. You to yourself. Yeah. I love this. So much good stuff there. You know, stop focusing on the competition. So I also mm-hmm. think, and I'm sure you can talk about this, right. You know, one of the cool things about that article is it talks about like, right. You know, after COVID, you not having to go back to the nursing field because of the success you've had. Mm-hmm. I think, and you know, I have, a, I have a membership now for realtors that started in early July and, it, well, it's easy to be like, oh, but everybody else has a community. Yes, but nobody's been through doing it as a realtor, making $9,000 in 10 months and then building this successful business. And so I'm yes. sure for you, and I mean, I'm sure, like, I'd love for you to speak to this. It helps mm-hmm. you because you've built this planner for nurses because you were a nurse. You know the stress yes. that they feel. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So we have tried to, we speak to our customers and our demographic completely different than a marketing team does. So we've actually, and I said, tried and true. Um, we've used a couple marketing teams and they have done a phenomenal job. I could never say anything bad about the people that we've worked with, but no matter what across the board, the nurse language that we're able to use in our ad copy and the things that we say is incomparable to basically when you talk to them, like you're selling an actual product, we would use, you know, terminology that would definitely like catch the eye of people that are in the medical field. It would catch people's attention, you know, that, that are like respiratory therapists and phlebotomists, medical assistants, 
like the, there is a huge nursing spectrum and all nurses like LPNs, CNAs, registered nurse practitioners, everybody, the, the ability I have of speaking to them was so different than someone in marketing speaking to them. And that's the thing is, you know, even in real estate, like I said, like knowing and understanding and to be able to verbiate your stuff, but yet like talk to people, if you run an ad is so much better than by pushing it off you know, to someone that doesn't really understand things. So that is really huge. You know, and in your course, it is like you've done the struggle and been through it. And people that have, you know, other companies that don't have the experience you have, it's why it is so different. Yeah. So it is that classic, like if you crawl before you walk, you'll be very successful. And it's true. Yeah. Oh, man. Isn't that so cool? Crawl yeah. before you walk. Yeah. And it's so simple, yep. but it's like, oh, it's it's a good reminder. So. I would love to hear I and I, I love this because it's and I, I say this on every interview. This is why I just love having a conversation with no agenda. So you yeah. have been through the process of so now you have this super successful business with RecMed, but you've also been through the process of selling and buying a home there and you just moved mm-hmm. your business and everything else there in Colorado. I would love to hear now, not not necessarily criticism of um, realtors that you've worked with, but right, you've you've worked with realtors, so you know what realtors that are listening to this, like what are we doing that we can take from your business and do better to help our the people buying and selling houses? Maybe it's the layman's term thing, and I'm sure that's yeah. What what can we be yeah. doing better? Yeah, you know um, that is big. Speaking to people that isn't you know above their head is just huge because. You know, you have to think like, how would you want to talk to somebody? If you were talking to me and I'm teaching you about heart failure and I start talking and saying all these like, you know, big words and, you know, you have cardiomyopathy and you have coagulation issues with this and that. And I start throwing out all these labs. You're just going to be like, huh? And then if you have <laughs> that nurse, like, listen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you have like a nurse, then that's like, Hey, listen, you know, you have an enlarged heart. We're going to have to give you medicine and we're going to have to thin your blood down a little bit. And we go through these steps without these fancy words. You're like, Oh yeah, I want that nurse. Like that nurse, like talks to me. It's the same thing. Somebody that does speak to you in a way to understand, because there's so many, I remember just, there's so many terms in real estate land and forms and like Mm -hmm. things you have to do. And I had no idea what any of it was, but It's also real estate is such a game, you know, setting the listing price of the house and understanding (laughs) why someone would put it, you know, maybe under or how you compare things to the comps realistically. And, you know, having someone that, you know, the way they talk to you like a friend is huge. Yes. I think the other thing too is today, what is hard is that there are a lot of people in real estate that aren't comfortable with social media and that is fine. However, you gotta learn. You gotta hop on the train because mm-hmm. that train is so important. You know, you don't have to have a million people as you're following, but you need a basic understanding because if you do want to grow or if you do want to scale or if you do want to do well, social media is going to get you there. So I think it, it is depending on everybody's comfort level, but these are things that, you know, it's not hard. You can have people help you along the way. There are people that are willing to do things like Fiverr.com is something that I use for a lot of different reasons Mm -hmm. um, and resources. There's internships you could have with like people in schools and there's interns out there. You can, you know, pay them at a very minimal cost and they can even come shadow you, you know, and take photos and show you walking through a house or be somebody that's going to give you a really solid like photograph. 
you know, you can apply to these colleges to find these interns um, or even go through their website and ask questions of how you could have them. I know a girl in North Carolina, her intern, she's like $12 an hour. I think it's like four hours a couple of times a week. And so it's nothing that's going to, you know, blow a budget out of control. Mm-hmm. And, and by being able to have people and using people can help build your own social media presence without you going insane. But if you're also willing to put in the work too, that's going to help you like just, and, and even in anything, when we have like on, we noticed on our Instagram on student nurse planner, the beginning of our Instagram was product, 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 product. And then finally I started getting my face out there and getting us. And we became an actual brand. There's an emotional connection when you see a face. So now instead of looking at this book, you're no longer looking at like, oh, well, that's, you know, student nurse planner, that's rec med. Now they're like, oh, that's a nurse that started this company that has crazy pink hair. And she talks about (laughs) this, this, and that, and you know, now there's this emotion to put next to it. So don't be afraid to put you on any video you're doing on top of it. You know, that's important. And you don't, need to be dressed to the nine or whatever. People want to see genuine. They want to see real. They don't care if your hair is perfect. They don't care if you've got a ton of makeup on. They just want a connection. So it's important. That is so cool. (laughs) So much good stuff. You know, one of the things that I think is really interesting here as I look at the article is how it talks about you worked a ton of overtime. You saved up 20,000 of your own funding to print the first batch of these planners. Tell me the emotions of that. Like, I'm sure there was, is this going to sell? Is this? And then once it started to sell, what was, what were the emotions after the fact? Yeah, this is a really awesome question. No one's asked me this and it cracks me up because this was a big moment. (laughs) So working overtime, you know, that was fine. I sold my soul for months on end. It's fine. (laughs) And, you know, what the cool thing about nurse is we could work 16 hour shifts. Um, and so that extra four hours really adds up. Right. I do that like five days a week. And I really just, I pocketed it because I knew I needed to buy this first batch of books and I knew how much it was going to cost. And first, I think, so pre COVID, you could send stuff over here because I, I had to outsource in the beginning. I mean, it wasn't realistic to think we could ever print America from day one. Um, and so we outsourced in the beginning and we have printed here in America now, and now we have a mixture, but by doing that, you know, it was so much cheaper to have a container and send things. So that 20,000 is how I was able to afford it. And I never got a sample product, which is so funny. So (laughs) I had full trust that this book was like going to work. And that might've been the dumbest thing I've ever done. And it also worked out really nicely. So I'm the lucky thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. But this, I found out this company that we work with, they work for Disney very often. So I, when I found that out and I was able to confirm it, I was like, oh, they must do really good work. Mm-hmm. So they flew over um, my you know first 500 books and then they were flying over the next 500 because I was like, huh, I like started selling after my first Instagram ad. And when the first thousand books came over and I was staring at them in my garage, I was on no sleep because I was still working overtime to kind of like keep up Mm -hmm. with like the fact that I just gave up $15,000, $20,000. And I open it and like my husband's right there and I start bawling and I was like, it's horrible. I don't like it. And I was so upset. And I was just like, I was my harshest critic. I hated every bit of it. Mm. And I went back to bed 
I woke up and he was like, what is wrong with this? This is great. Like, this is a beautiful, like quality book. And I started looking, I was like, okay, all right, maybe, maybe it's fine. (laughs) But I think I was so scared of like, what are people going to think? And then the other factor is, is I started my first sale November 5th. So people were buying this as Christmas presents for their nurses, like their people in their family. So then I was waking up that whole first month of like these 500 books. I was sweating because I was like, this is someone's Christmas present. What if they hate it? What if they're like, I got this crappy planner and (laughs) and I was sick before (laughs) Christmas because I was so worried people were going to like wake up and be like, oh, I got this planner and they're going to go to Instagram. Like, no, don't even waste your time. And don't get this awful planner. This junk. Yes. And I, I'm not kidding. That first month of just feeling out how it went was the craziest emotions ever. And I cried often panicking that people weren't going to like this thing that I brought to life. And like, because of the years and research I put into it, thankfully it went very smoothly and it ended up being just, we don't go for the sale, go for the referral. And it did. People really were referring to their friends and and then it only got better from there. So my graphics got better. The, mm-hmm. <laughs> the color schemes, everything got better. So yeah, that was a lot. But you know, in that also, like I have to say that to people that are scared to do stuff. Like I remember listening to constant motivational videos being like, you just have to do it. You have to do it. And it is scary. And I was petrified and I was worried, but you have to freaking do it. So here's your sign. If you're listening, do it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think there's so much cool stuff in there. And one thing that's really sticking out to me is normally the things we're doing, like all of us that are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, we're usually doing really cool stuff. And we are normally our harshest critic. So you were like, this is awful. This sucks. And your husband was like, this is good. Like, what are you talking about? And so I think it's also a lesson for all of us to say, like, Stop being overly critical of what you create. What you create is unique and special. And it's, I mean, look at what you've done. It has the power to like literally change lives and change the business of nursing in your case. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. You know, it is. It's funny. It sold out in like a month and a half and it like honestly did. And I, I think it's so great. We get emails and we've gotten cards and letters of people being like, you know, I have dyslexia, I have this, I have that. And Mm. I listen to your story and I see what you're doing. And because this thing is my Bible and it's like just such a cool thing to think like, thankfully that risk that I was willing to like take to, and also like to be valuable, like a resource of like value is like now paying off, you know, in the grand scheme. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's so cool. I love what you said, and I'd love for you to kind of talk about this like with, I think this is big for realtors. I often say, and, and I don't think people believe me, but like my clients, you know, we'll get to the settlement table and my clients are like, oh, I'm going to miss you. And I'm like, no, no, like you're not getting rid of me that quick. Like literally, you know, we'll get here in a little bit in an hour. I'm going to celebrate, grab drinks and dinner with someone who bought a home three weeks ago, because mm-hmm. for me, the relationship doesn't end at the settlement table. Yeah. And so I love how you say, don't go for the sale, go for the referral. How have you done that in your business and how can realtors do a better job of that with their clients? Yeah, the biggest part and aspect of that. And I think what's funny is through this e-commerce boom, it's shown the light on it that customer service is now more important than ever, ever, ever. And, you know, we have become such a society of 
keyboard warriors playing behind social media screens, you know, being able to just say what we want, make the conversation quick, cut it off, be done, send that email that's passive aggressive, never have to like show your face to it, don't associate. And you know, now we, when most people buy a product and they, if they ever call customer service or email them, they're expecting somebody that's literally sitting there with a template and they're sitting there ready to be like, hi, yes, I am so happy to help you with that situation. And they have this whole thing they say, and you're like, dude, answer my question. Yes or no. You know? And, and that is something that from day one, I've made the commitment and I will never outsource customer service. I will always make sure that it is very personable. It's not realistic to think every company can do that or every person on earth. Um, you might need an assistant or you might need to hire somebody to be that person. But my thing was to treat them exactly how I would want to be talked to. And that was something like talking on John Steinie's like podcast mm-hmm. that it was, you know, you talk to your customer the way you want to be talked to. And, and it's so important because that goes for the referral. So people won't always remember. It's so funny. I said this yesterday to someone. Oh, I was talking to my my new warehouse team. We just moved to Denver. Mm-hmm. And my my two guys that are running the warehouse right now that are so great, they are going to be taking on, we have a boatload of employees coming to like help for this like temporary push of like books that we're putting together. And when I was talking to them, you know, I was like, listen, the people that come here and work, they're never going to remember the product. They're never going to really remember, you know, like what they did here or what it was. What they will remember is how they felt while they were here. So they will always, when they see that recommend and the brain and the color burst, or if my customer has interacted with recommend in any way, shape or form, they might not remember why they wrote us. They're not going to remember always what it was about, but they're going to remember how they felt. And that is huge. So always treating people in that way and treating them with such respect, but, you know, taking that extra effort too to also be like, Hey, how is your day today? You know, and listening yeah. back is so important. And so that is, is, you know, we have people then they're like, Hey, listen, Oh my gosh, I had this problem. Like I've seen it on our Instagram page of somebody being like, Oh my gosh, my book came and this was wrong. And this happened and this happened. And they're like, but don't worry. They're so great. Their customer service is amazing. They'll fix it in a second. And that is it. So we go for that referral. You know, you do have to bend your customer to a certain point, even if it's frustrating, but also like, you know, you're really going because you're there to be good to your customer, not just because you're trying to take all their money. So that at the end of the day is important. Like, oh my gosh, you know what I thought of? This is kind of funny. This ties in. One of the biggest ways working as a pediatric nurse, the parents are the hardest thing. And I feel like this Mm. relates to real estate is because when you have their kid, a parent looks at this like, Hey, stranger, you're coming in here with a sharp needle and you're going to do this to my kid. How do I know if I trust you or not? Mm -hmm. Well, now, like when we were going to buy a house, sell a house, I had so many real estate agents coming out the gate to be like, let me help you. Let me show you. Let me do this. Let me do that. And it's hard to decipher who do you trust, who do you not trust, and you know who's going to work well with you. Yep. My rule of thumb, and I teach it to everyone, is I would go in there and I would be like, hey, you know, I'm Jen, blah, 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 I'm, I'm your nurse. And I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm going to hook up this little pulse ox to their finger or their foot. And what this shows me is how well their oxygenation is inside their blood. So this number on the screen is going to be anywhere from, you know, 90 to 9 to 100. Hmm. I want to see it here. If it drops below here, then this is a moment that it's good to maybe just kind of come get me or whatever. I've now taught them something. And I've been like, if the wave looks like this, it's not right. If the wave looks like this, it's perfect. Now that parent looks at me and they're like, 
oh yeah. Okay. She taught me something. She, I trust her. Mm-hmm. And now they felt empowered by having that education. And I didn't just come in, put something around their kid and walk out the door. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with real estate. You know, if you're going to come to me and be like, Hey, listen, and empower me with something or show me that you're there to help me in the best interest. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to want to be there with you. And so that definitely, I think is a big thing (laughs) in relationships and going for the referral. Yeah, Yeah. that's, I feel like you have so many mic drops that I appreciate, like serve the client, (laughs) not just take their money is huge, right? I mean, nursing's a little different because there's so much involved with like insurance and, but but we can't even like talk, but I think real estate people often feel like realtors are like the used car salesman. Like, oh, you just want to make a few bucks. Oh no, you want to list it there to make a few bucks. One of the coolest things we had a client on our team and they left a review that said they care more about the relationship than the commission. And that was like the let's print that out on the 700 foot sign and put it out because that's exactly yes. what we want people to think. Yes. And, and it's true, right? If yes. I'm just if I'm, t- you know, guiding you on a deal and you think, oh, you're only doing structuring it that way. So you make a thousand more bucks. And I don't care. I really don't. Yes. So, yes, it's so true. That is an awesome quote. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this is all great. I love the conversation. I appreciate it so much. And thank you for your time. Me too. Um, Me too. So I would love to, we'll do them in reverse this time. And I've kind of warned (laughs) you. So, so there's a realtor out there listening to this. They're feeling frustrated, depressed. Like now the market's starting to shift. They're concerned. What would be one piece of advice from your business that you would tell that realtor sitting in front of you? Yeah. It's funny when you gave me a warning about this, I can relate more now than ever, ever, ever. My journey is not all sunshine rainbows. I went through hell uh, with the supply chain. Um, We couldn't get paper. We almost didn't even have books, which means we had no revenue, which means how do I afford to pay my team? Which means how do I afford to even pay for the next round of inventory? Which means a lot. There was a moment I will never forget where I was working as a travel nurse, just temporary three months while I'm running this company. This is literally like five months ago and everything's hitting the fan. Supply chain was stopping. Just everything was bad. And I was driving and I remember thinking, I almost wish I'd get in a car wreck because that would mean I could sleep. It wasn't that I was suicidal. It meant I'm so tired. I'm so emotional. I'm so depressed. I was in such a dark place. And what um, number one thing was get some sleep. (laughs) So do that. Number one, literally take care of yourself first off, because you're not going to be able to benefit in any single way if you can't actually wake up and take care of yourself. But number two is that that is the moment in time then where you need to literally pick yourself up, get dressed and figure out one, is this moment going to define me? Because it's not, it doesn't have any control of who you are as a person. It doesn't mean that you're good or you're bad or you're terrible or you're failing. What it means is it's time to get creative because one door has shut in a certain aspect. And now it's time to figure out where that other door is opened. And it's time to figure out how you're going to use the moment because now your life is pivoting or reverting in a way that you need to finally find a different outlet or something that you can control. And so when we try to control everything, it's terrible. You do need to put some faith in, you know, the universe or God or whatever you believe in that's going to also, you know, be there. And that's something I did. I really leaned into that completely. Mm. And honestly, it did. The day that I thought I was literally everything was just, I was about to almost shut the door on RecMed officially as a day, literally everything turned around. We got paper, we had emails from things that I never even thought was even possible to come. 
And it did. And it, it's, it's in a matter of a week. And I spent months not sleeping, ready to throw up being depressed. And, hmm. and, and the thing is, is that what I forgot is that this business that I've grown isn't the definition of like me and my success. It's really like that I am a whole different person to it. And it's, you're able to just sit there, wake up and figure out how do I pivot? And those are the people that are actually going to like be successful. It's a temporary situation, no matter what you're in, it is temporary, it is temporary, it is temporary. I promise. That's the biggest thing I could say to somebody, put your pants on, get to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love yep. it. And, and I've got, yes. I mean, I, I'm going to make sure that the business insider article is in the show notes because people really need to read, yeah, you know, more of your story and, and what you struggled with everything you went through. Yeah. Right. It, you know, I yeah. can't, denied funding you know, right you you asked funny. for funding from a bank and they said basically they they said no which was basically like saying no your idea stinks oh, you we don't believe in this and yes. you yeah. right oh did my it. god so, i'm dying for everyone that said no about funding and money in these first years it oh was awful goodness. we lost containers we lost product inventory so i'd spent money um like 100,000 of money that i didn't get cuz the containers are gone Um, there's just so many things that happened and, you know, it was really just fighting, like fighting every day that I was like, we will figure it out and it will happen. And the day I thought that I couldn't fight anymore was the day it all turned around. Like it just is so crazy. (laughs) Well, you're, you're kind of answering, you know, the next question already. And so maybe you have like, okay, take me to a point, you know, maybe it's that day that you thought everything was struggling you kind of said, or, or another point. And I'd love for pretend you're looking in the screen at that version of you. So that Jennifer, what are you, what are you telling her? Um, yeah, when I first started, I had so much anxiety and worry. How am I ever going to lead people? How am I going to manage people? I felt like because I didn't, I was an ER nurse and I was in medical land and I knew nothing about finances. I didn't know. I didn't know that marketing and advertising are two different things. Not a clue, like not a clue. And so I just remember back then thinking like things come natural to people or it's easy and you know, or, oh, they have so much money and they have resources and it's absolutely not true. And if anything if I can like sit back and tell myself there's a bunch of stuff that it's just like literally one day at a time and make your list like one day at a time, stitch by stitch, it eventually becomes a quilt. It's one of my most favorite quotes. Oh, yeah. And like, regardless of like, stop looking at social media, I had to cut it off. And that was a big thing in the beginning, because that is when you're worried that what you're doing isn't going to work or you're afraid of putting yourself out there. The last thing you need is to go look at people that are like putting themselves out there. Sure. Maybe use it to see an example, but don't let it be compared to your situation. And I think if I could go back in time, I would have just told myself to like quit being so anxious because like, there's always an answer. You just got to figure it out and you got work and you got to just be patient. (laughs) That was another thing. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of good stuff. Thank you so much (laughs) for sharing. I like, I feel like there's so many moments here for realtors to apply to their business and have success, which is why I love these. My favorite interviews are actually with non-realtors, you know, and because it's so different different businesses, (laughs) different ideas. So thank you for your time. People that listen to this are going to love what you're doing and want to check it out. I'll make sure I include the business insider and all your links in the show notes, but where can we find you and connect with you? Yes. So I most often, so I have a whole educational series also coming on TikTok. Um, so that is at Jen Rekmed, R-E-K-M-E-D on TikTok. 
Um, the Instagram is student nurse planner. That is our business, our website, recmed.org. And then also if you want to reach me ever, I'm Jen at recmed.org too. If you ever need anything, J E N N two N's. So <laughs> yes. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for having so me. Much. It's super fun. I love talking to you. It's great. Yes, it was really fun. I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. And uh, thanks for all yeah. the wisdom you shared with our audience. Thank you. I appreciate it. And congratulations to everything you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening to my interview with Jennifer Zahorik. Man, she is absolutely amazing. Like I sort of said at the beginning of our interview, never would have expected me to be interviewing someone formally doing business as a nurse, but she's done a lot of cool stuff with RecMed and her business. Love a lot of the things she talked about. A few of my big takeaways, I mean, there were hundreds really, but talking to people in layman's terms was definitely a huge one. I think as realtors, we have a tendency to use these big words and not even think about, oh, hey, the person I'm talking to doesn't do 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 real estate deals a year. This is their first, and I need to talk to them in a way that they'll understand. So that would be a huge piece of advice for all of you. I loved how she talked about not focusing on the competition and just trying to be better, right? And in that moment, I, you know, she said, that's where I had to stay off social media. And so as you know, great and powerful social media is, I do think there's a time where, hey, if uh, you know, it's distracting you from what you're doing, distracting you from what you need to be focusing on, like building your business, right? And if you're doing it you know, to compare and feel bad about yourself rather than build your business, I think it might be time for a break. So much good stuff in there. Of course, you know, loved her journey of the hustle and what she has done with that and how she just never gave up. You know, even after we recorded, she shared a little bit more with me about the struggle she went through. And I'm telling you, if you get nothing else out of this episode, it's, you know, that the hustle will help you, like she said. And sometimes there's going to be struggle and some hard days. And sometimes when you feel like you're at kind of like your wits end at the end of what you can deal with, that's when it really all comes together. Obviously loved how she talked about don't go for the sale, go for the referral. Man, isn't this everything we do in our real estate business? Building relationships with people, you know, not ending at the settlement table. So that was that was huge and a huge piece, right? The customer service is so important. We have to create relationships with people, you know, and like she said, you know, she'll never outsource customer service. She wants people to remember how they made them feel. And I just think that's really awesome. I, I love as she kind of closed out that thought about going for the referral, not the sale. Is she said, you know, to serve the client and you're not just there to take their money. Isn't that huge? That's really what we do, right? We're in the relationship business. We're in the storytelling business. We're not in the home business. So I hope that this was really helpful for you guys. I hope that you can kind of take some lessons away from what she's done, right? Through the struggle and through the success, some amazing lessons. So Jennifer, you're amazing. Thanks so much for your time. I hope you guys got some great thoughts out of this episode that you can apply to help you have more success in your real estate business. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you guys on our next episode. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much and we will see you on the next episode.